everybody. Thanks so much for taking time to listen in to the We The Collective podcast. Uh, this is the third, fourth episode. Um, so I wanted to use this time to go ahead and talk a little bit about you know weight loss and some weight loss techniques that, that I've learned. And I'm going to keep this moderately short, um, kind of general principle stuff. Um, getting into the semantics of it could be a little bit uh, difficult or overwhelming, or people might just go ahead and give me a bunch of nonsense. And I'm going to give them as very little to work with as possible to go ahead and kind of fight it. So what we understand of our bodies, of how we can lose weight, is finding a caloric deficit. And basically, the idea behind it is we would consume less energy than we expend. So we end up expending more. Now, this can be within a day, a week, a month, a year. And the more you're able to sustain that deficit, the energy within your body will dissipate, right? These fat will go ahead and start to render itself off and become something else. Now, uh, I hear a lot about people going on crash diets and, and doing these ridiculous uh, attempts to say, you know, I can lose 30 pounds in 30 days or something even crazier. And I go, fine, I can beat all of that right now. Easy peasy, no problem. I can guarantee upwards of 30 to 40 pounds off your body in about an hour. And all you have to do is um, just kind of get in contact with me. I'll get a hacksaw and cut off your leg. Guaranteed to lose weight, but it will not make your life any better. And I think that's what we end up doing a lot of these times when getting into different fad diets or crash diets. We end up sacrificing so much more than what we actually get out of it. So what ends up happening to somebody who goes on one of these crash diets? Sure, at first, you're going to see some like water weight start to dissipate, right? So usually... You know, we'll start to be a little bit more conscious of what we're doing. Maybe we drink more water or it just becomes this like water kind of game. And water makes a significant amount of your body weight. So I've had instances in my life where I was working a manual labor job and uh, it was a really, really tough day. Uh, I lost seven pounds in one shift. That's what that day was. Was I like super something special in comparison to, no, it was a regular day that I was working. It would just happen to be hot. I was losing a lot of water as I was sweating going throughout my day. Um, and I didn't really feel all that good at the end of it. So I really, really hungry at the, at the end of that day. I kind of remember it, but you know, when we create those environments, our, our body starts to go ahead and react in a negative manner. So one of the safer things that we can do is to do it very low and slow, basically think like we're doing a slow cooker or a crock pot, any of that other stuff. And we want to be able to really take our time with it because very gradual change is much easier to accept than drastic. Individuals who start on their workout plan, because now we're this far into, we're on the 26th day of the year. And there's probably a fair amount of people who gave up on their resolutions already saying, I was going to go make this big change of my life, new year, new me. And they're 26 days in, and they're already given up on what they want to go ahead and do. And they just revert back to the ways that they were. And the same thing happens when we go on these crash diets. First, we try to revert back to what we are or what we were before that time. And then we blow right past it because we feel we've earned it because we suffered longer. So the idea is not to go through a diet to go ahead and suffer, but to get an understanding of how your body is going to react to the food that it puts into it. So I'm going to go ahead and give you some of the tips and tricks that I've learned for myself. And hopefully that's something that'll kind of help you. Um, the very first thing that really comes to mind, it is calories in, calories out. Now there's a plethora, there's like almost infinite number of ways to go ahead and create environments of calories in, calories out that are going to create a bit of a deficit. So we're not looking to go crazy, but we do need to get a good understanding of how much energy do we burn in a day 
so we can understand how much energy we need to eat in a day to be somewhat close, right? Because if we cut too hard, we're going to end up with, I've had it myself where I'd wake up in the middle of the night starving. You know, some people end up with hormonal issues or they end up with weird like deficiencies because they, they cut something out of their diet, but that was like the only way they got a specific nutrient or vitamin or blah, blah, blah in there. And now they cut that out of their diet because they believed it to be bad, but it was probably one of the things that was really helping them uh, go ahead and, and do and sustain a little bit better. So hopefully I can go ahead and get my, my screen to share a little bit and we're just going to go right in. There's all this other stuff going on. So I just have this. TDEE calculator, right? Nothing fancy about it. Let me see if I can move this other stuff out of the way. It's not important. All I did is I went to Google and TDEE is total daily energy expenditure. It's the amount of energy that you burn throughout the day. So that includes when you go and exercise, when you're just kind of like goofing around, walking around, um, basically any of the other like processing of your body that needs to just happen behind the scenes, even when you sit still. And then there's going to be like even the thermal effect of food. So again, it's going to take energy for you to digest stuff and all those things add up to a specific number. So I'm just using this one. I like using this one. It's the very first thing in Google, but this is not a steadfast like, oh my God, if I'm like one calorie over, it's going to be the end of the world. That is absolutely not the scenario. Now if I can go ahead and click into this thing, apparently it doesn't want me to. So I'm just going to fill it out. I can do this in real time. So I am 38 years old. I weigh 205 pounds as of this morning. I am six foot, six foot one on a good day. And activity, I actually like to leave this really low. So I do exercise more than this, um, but I like to keep it low to get a good understanding. Again, this isn't a steadfast, like absolute perfect science. The idea is to get you a range to go ahead and work from. So I just go ahead. I can add in the body fat one. Uh, I'm about 22% body fat give or take. Um, I got a gut and I like to eat. So this is how I go ahead and start to figure out where I'm at. So it says, you know, based on this, it says I should be eating around 2,600 calories a day. So if I go ahead and look at the foods that I'm eating throughout the day, I probably need about 2,600 calories to roughly maintain the body that I have now. Now, this is not a breakdown of macros to give you like carbs, proteins, fats. Those are all important things. So if anybody tells you that carbs are bad, they're kind of an idiot because carbs are perfectly fine for you. It's just if you have digestive issues like celiac disease, don't eat gluten. Like if you have things that you're having allergic reactions to in your own self, don't eat those things. It's really, really not smart to go ahead and eat things that you're allergic to. Um but carbs are fine. You get to digest carbs even better. Having rice, having you know bread, all that stuff is fine if your body's able to digest it properly. If not, you pass on it. Again, I, I'm not the biggest fan of every type of food that's out there. So I don't eat every type of food. So I might have to supplement it with something else or eat something else to go ahead and make up that, that difference. So this has no regards to the amount of protein, anything else that you go ahead and take. And you can even see over here, it references 18,000 calories. So I get about 18,000 calories a week. Let's say I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go out on a Friday night and have fun with my friends. And I'm going to go eat a greasy ass burger. If I know that now, I can go ahead and start to plan myself up a little bit. So I'll have an extra bit of space to go enjoy that a little bit more. I don't have to plan it super hard. But here's the next step to it. So if I scroll down a little bit, it says my BMI is 27.8, which is considered overweight. So according to the BMI scaling, 
I am overweight. So this is a different different conversation for another day. I'm not the biggest fan of this number. Um, that's actually an improvement to where I was. I was at 31 at some point in my life. So uh, I was actually considered morbidly obese. And for people who've known me for the last decade, yeah, I've had some weight on me, but I wouldn't have been considered myself morbidly obese. But according to the scale, irrelevant, right? It's just the scale that's there. But if I had several other markers, I would be able to kind of recognize myself as having a bigger problem. And then it even gives you a simple breakdown. So when it comes to proteins, a gram of protein has four calories, a gram of carbs has four calories, and a gram of fats have nine calories. So there's just a little bit more caloric density when it comes to fats. And it just gives me a couple of options here. So it says moderate carb is saying, you know, 30, uh, 30, 35, 35, 40, 40, 20, and then you know, 30, 20, 50, it's kind of the breakdown of the macros that are there. It's not as important as you think. Um, I would think if you went ahead and just maintain that you're eating a good amount of protein, prioritizing your protein, making sure you, if you have protein on your plate, you're kind of finishing that first to make sure if you do get full, you're getting it in. So you're not really leaving that behind. Um, protein is not just the building block for all the muscle within your body, but it helps to grow your nails, your hair, it does enzymes, it, it, it does uh, so many things inside your body compared to just building muscle. Having protein in your body is also, also very satiating. So having a little bit more protein in your body can help you feel full longer. So you end up not eating as much. So again, prioritize that stuff first. And then you can see there's just a simple breakdown, right? And then you're like, well, what do I do from here? It even gives you more. So this is even how I learned to do it. Find a food scale. But what we end up doing a lot of the times is like, oh, you know what? If I, if I weigh out my food, I'm going to get like super, super blah, 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 like hyper-focused in on that one. I think having a food scale is awesome to have for a few months because if you're able to go through the regular foods that you eat and understand how small a serving size really could be, it, it's mind-blowing. So I, I come back to the concept around a, a spoonful of peanut butter. One tablespoon of peanut butter, right? Even when it's rounded over, that's more than a tablespoon. So you take a spoon, you dunk it in, and you eat it. Because I've done it. I think everybody at some point has, unless you have a peanut allergy, has put a spoon into peanut butter and just ate a spoon of peanut butter. You're probably clearing easily 200 calories in one bite. And they're like, oh, it's a good source of protein. Not really. It's got about six grams of protein for that time frame, which is okay. But there's, again, there's a lot of fats that are in it. So again, it's like, oh my God, now I can't have, pro I can't have peanut butter because, you know, Charlie said having peanut butter is bad. Peanut butter's fine, but having a good understanding of like where the sourcings of your food come from, how much calories are you eating in a day? And is it actually beneficial for you to have that item? So for myself, I started going through, and when I go to the grocery store, I read every nutrition label that before it goes in. If I've not read it, I'm probably not going to put it in my, in my, buggy, cart, whatever people want to call it around the world. I'm probably not going to put it with me because I'm not going to get a good understanding of it. Or if the serving size doesn't make sense, because again, you can get caught off guard. So you go ahead and you take a look at one thing and it says, wow, man, this bread's not that bad, like 90 calories. And you're like, oh, that's for one slice. I can go find bread and I can get two slices for 90 calories. So I've already doubled the amount of intake that I can, I can have in that moment. So just challenging yourself to having a food scale for a little bit, seeing what a serving size is, reading the nutrition labels on the products that you're going to go ahead and eat are super, super important. So that's going to go ahead and help lead to a whole bunch of stuff. Now, okay, so we have this number, right? We have this number and how do we go ahead and understand how much fat should we be pulling off of our body by eating like this, all right? I, if I stayed around 2,600 calories 
and I test it for a week or two, right? I just eat right around 2,600 calories. If my weight doesn't fluctuate up or down, I have found maintenance, right? If I'm right around the same spot, I'm around the same spot. If I take this number and I go ahead and I eat about 2,600 calories for a week or two, I could be wrong. This might not be enough food. I might be losing a little bit of weight by eating 2,600 because my body's looking for 2,800 or my body's looking for 2,300 and I'm overeating at this number. So again, it's about finding some balance and kind of finding any kind of spot that you can hook yourself to and say, all right, here's the platform that I'm going to work from and the standards that I'm going to start from this level. And then I can start to adjust up and down. I don't have to take the shot in the dark and get upset about things not panning out to my favor because it might not. Again, our bodies are very much designed to have a metabolism that changes around. We are not in control of a lot of the other processes within our bodies. We do not actually perform the muscle like protein synthesis stuff. Our body does that for us. We don't tell it to do it. We just give it the tools and it makes the decision that if it's the right thing to do. So if we give it the environment, it's more prone to make that choice for us. So uh, I like to make the comparison. It's in a, a, a book from Robert Greene. Uh, I really like the author himself. Uh, it's in the, the Laws of Human Nature. And he says, basically, it's like you're riding a horse. So you are your mind. So you're sitting on this horse and this horse is running around and it's going to do a whole bunch of stuff, but you can guide it back onto the path if you like, right? You could start to work with it. But again, if you start to abuse it, if you start to feed it things that aren't going to be beneficial to it, it's going to start to react in a negative fashion, right? It is just a big, dumb animal. We're just big, dumb animals with a really, really smart thing between our ears. So we get this opportunity to make all those choices, to make all those decisions. So again, now I'm way off topic. We're getting back into it. So how much, how many calories should I remove? And I think a really nice rule of thumb is about 250 calories per day. That's it. Uh, basically, a Snickers bar is probably well over 300. Uh, I checked this the other day. A bag of tropical Skittles is 220. Um, so again, cutting something like that, removing some of these other processed foods out of our diet. And again, eating processed foods isn't the end of the world, but if we're only eating high calorically dense processed foods, sometimes our body doesn't digest all that stuff that well. It's, a, it's it becomes a different issue than compared to weight loss. It just becomes like a gut biome issue and, and other factors that can go ahead and start to, you know, interact with that, that ability to lose weight or effectively maintain so even for myself, I got up to 205 because I got down to 195 and I hated it. I felt sickly. I was, I was waking up at night. I didn't feel good. So I said, I want to get a little bit stronger. I ate in a surplus on purpose. I purposely ate more than I should have prioritizing my protein. And I started to get a little bit of my strength back and I'm starting to still work my way through it. Now, a very light cut. I'm going to go ahead and see if I can adjust my body to say, all right, what am I kind of eating in a day? Does it make sense? Can I make some other choices? So we can go ahead and take this to the next step. So if I cut 250 calories out and I move 250 calories more, so I go for a couple walks, three, four, 10 minute walks. And if you're doing that, you got to add on a little bit more. So, But I find a way to go ahead and use my body, not to go ahead and abuse it and say like, oh man, dude, I got to go to, I got to go to the gym and lift until everything hurts. There are some days, absolutely. That feels awesome some days. And some days that's the last thing in the world I want to do. I'm still coming off of a slight back issue. So I'm doing mobility drills and doing a lot more stretching or working out other parts of my body that can still be impacted properly. And I don't need that part of me to go ahead and do the rest of that work. So we always give ourselves some good options. Now, if we look at it and say, well, if I cut about 250, right, I just remove some garbage that I really shouldn't be eating. And it's not even that much. We're talking a candy bar. 
and I move a little bit more, we can create an environment of a 500 calorie deficit per day. And that is not super significant, but when you start to add that up over the week, it's 3,500 calories. 3,500 calories is about a pound of body fat. So if we continue to stay on that path every week, we'll start to peel off a little bit more. And for most individuals, trying to lose more than 2% of your body weight is a lot. So usually gun for 1%. Look how small that number is. 1% of your body weight. So I'm 205 pounds. If I lose more than two pounds per week, that's a little bit too fast. Because then I'm going to dip a little bit too far. I'm going to have increased hunger cues. I have tendencies to go binge eat. I will start to eat harder. I'll eat more and I won't even pay attention to it. I'll just start eating like crazy. So if I'm not monitoring these things, it's so easy for me to fall off the wagon and not be able to be the person that I expect myself to be. So how do we go ahead and start to make some swaps? So we do this really fun thing. I'm just going to go over to my own website because you can see all these other fun things that I was doing as of late. Um, there we go. So here's my website. And all I've done on here is added in some bits and pieces. So you can kind of look around. It says there's recipes. So I have a bunch of recipes in here of all these different things that I was working on and specifically put together this low calorie list. So in this one, all we're looking to do is swap out something that might be more calorically dense for something less calorically dense. So I'm like, fine, don't have a Snickers bar, eat a handful of spinach. Those are not the same thing. Those are not going to satisfy you the same way. That is not the same thing that we're going to be fighting for in this one, but still eat the spinach because it's good for you. And as you kind of scroll down, again, the rest of this page gives more information around TDEE and kind of how to help yourself out. And you can even see the very first item on here, one tablespoon of peanut butter, it's 188 calories from Jiffy. But if I use PB Fit and some water, it's 35 calories. Is it going to taste the same? No, it is not the same. The fat within peanut butter tastes good. Fat is flavor. One of the reasons I got big is because I realized how wonderful it is to cook and make these things and bake and do all this other stuff. I learned that when I was at U.S. Foods. So I, I had that opportunity. Now I'm looking back at it going, all right, I can make better choices. So like Hellman's mayo, I get a tablespoon for 94. I can have Kraft reduced fat mayo for 15 calories. Right now at my house, I have 35 calorie mayonnaise that I couldn't tell the difference. I go by... Um, I eat hot dogs. I eat processed hot dogs. Perfectly fine, right? I don't eat tons and tons and tons of them, but each one of them is 45 calories. I have that with a slice of bread, a 45 calorie bread. So I'm at 90 calories for a hot dog. So think if I'm eating roughly, and then put a little ketchup on it. So maybe I get to hundred calories. Sorry, I, I get it Chicago. You don't put ketchup on it. I do dumb stuff all the time. So you can, cool. Um, so I can go ahead and basically create an environment where I'm having a 100 calorie hot dog. How many hot dogs could I eat before I'm full? It's not like it's a big competition for it. I get through two or three and I, that's enough. So what we're looking to do is just start to find subtle replacements. Now scroll down a little bit. If I go ahead and get the really high end maple syrup to get a quarter cup enough to kind of cover, cover like a waffle or pancakes or French toast really well, 220 calories. I can go use the Mrs. Buttersworth sugar-free. I get 20. Now, again, if I have digestive issues, if I switch over and it's like, man, my gut hurts, this doesn't feel right. Oh my God, this is tip. Then stop eating that one. Switch to something else. The idea is to go through the laundry list of the foods that you eat and say, all right, one, can I pick a better option in tandem to this one? So saying, all right, instead of X, I'm going to choose this other one because I can either get more for 
like more for the food. So the calories are going to be less. I get more food if I want to go ahead and eat it. So I stay satiated longer. I don't have to wake up in the middle of the night starving, or I can just go ahead and practice these things. Because again, it's like lower the calorie count in it. I do not need to eat 10 on 10 wonderful food every single meal. It is perfectly fine to do an eight on 10. It's not so great to do a four on 10. Boiled chicken with rice and broccoli is probably a four on 10. But if I season the chicken and I roast the broccoli, I can turn that to a seven out of 10 and, and be able to change those things little by little that are going to suit me better as an individual. So again, there's a list here and there's so much stuff to go ahead and pen through, right? I love to put articles out like this all the time. So I want to make sure that people have access to this. And if they continue to find really good stuff, reach out to me. I will gladly add the rest of your stuff in. And the next piece is to create some substitutions within your food. So some of these recipes are, are my own. I have my standard breakfast. I, this is the breakfast that I can basically eat every single day. Um, that is not an actual picture of it. I wanted to go ahead and glorify it a little bit more. Um, but you know what? It's actually not too far off if I do it right. Um, down here, this custard French toast, that egg is more of like the egg that I'm gonna end up putting on a piece of regular white toast. But everything on here is listed out for the, the calories associated to it. And again, prioritizing protein. So if you go ahead and look at it, you're gonna see there's very high protein count in, in a lot of the products that are here. Um, so again, we have here this French toast sandwich, 413 calories, 45 grams of protein. Like that's a really good ratio. If you went ahead and divided that out, that's a significant portion of it. A significant portion of that is going to go ahead and be protein. And again, protein being satiated becomes really, really helpful. So this is basically what I wanted to go ahead and, and kind of showcase and say, you know, I get that, you know, going on a weight loss journey, it's January still, and, and people are still fighting hard to, you know, try to get into a good spot. Turns out you don't have to change everything. If you give yourself a light plan to work from, have a good understanding of the amount of energy that you burn in a day and understand how you're going to use your body. So again, if you're starting a workout plan, you've never worked out before, I recommend for most people to probably eat a little bit more. Because again, if your weight's been kind of stagnant and it's not really like jumping like crazy, but you're not moving around a whole lot, moving around a whole bunch and cutting, now you start to create an environment where you could be six, seven, 800, 1,000, 1,200 calories into a deficit and it's going to catch up to you quickly. Because ghrelin is this hormone within us that is, is kind of responsible for our hunger cues. So ghrelin starts to get a little too gremlin-y and starts to say, like, too bad, you're going to eat. You will obsess. There's no way around it. It is designed to force your brain to say, I don't care what you're doing. You're going to eat now because I think you're dying. It will win. It always wins eventually. So again, keeping it at bay, getting a good understanding, eating healthy foods for yourself, recognizing what helps your gut biome, what helps you feel good, feel full, work hard, do the shit in life that's important to you. Otherwise, what are we doing here, right? Go do super cool stuff. And that's all I really got for today. So I'm gonna see if I can switch this back on over and just stop sharing my screen. But that was the quick take of what I wanted to showcase for today. And really reach out, ask for more like, different topics, any other things that I can go ahead and kind of help out with. So over here, we have the collective in Forest Park. Now, right now we have the weightlifting open. So weightlifting is open and I'm here uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday at 5.30 in the morning. 
I'm here four days a week, super, super early to do a warm up. So anything you want to go ahead and work on, it's just kind of an open format. You know, you can experiment, learn about the equipment, try some stuff out. And then at six, we'll go ahead and start to do our, our yoga lift session where we'll mix some yoga movements. We'll mix in some circuit training. So we'll try to get our energy up a little bit because it's super, super early. Uh, and if the classes are small enough, maybe we just do personal training. And on top of that, starting uh, this upcoming weekend on um, the 28th, yeah, I think that sounds about right. On the 28th, we're starting Barbell Club. So this is, again, an open format for people to come in, share some of their stories, kind of learn a little bit more about the big four lifts, and even ask some questions around nutrition. Ask questions around, hey, I just started getting back into this. Hey, I love rowing. What are some things that I can work on to get better at rowing that I might not be thinking about? You know, hey, I'm starting a, a running program. How do I go ahead and become a better runner? I like pickleball. How do I go ahead and play pickleball? I want to play basketball. How do I do that better? I want to do, bring it in. Because the thing is, if I don't know it, we can always find something together that'll go ahead and help you get to that next step in your goals. And hopefully that'll help. So on that note, good luck. <laughs>